So, first question, Ivo, why do you want to do this interview? Um, the real reason, I suppose, is um, Stephen told me it was a good idea. <laughs> I said, um, he, he, who I think you've already interviewed, Stephen Green. Yes. Um, so he said that he had a very interesting time talking to you, okay. uh, and so I uh, and he thought, yeah, I'd have fun, and so I thought, why not? Okay, well, I hope you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you define a maverick? Um, I don't know. The only thing that really comes to mind is um, cowboy films and Top Gun. Okay. So, don't know. People who are doing things in a slightly dangerous and naughty way, maybe what? outside the law. Wonderful. So why do you think you're a maverick? You said yes to doing the interview. Um, I don't remember the bit about being a maverick. Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't describe <laughs> um, myself uh, as one. Um, I think though that I don't know. The closest I could come to. So that is, is just is just not uh, you know not having too much respect for the ways in which things have always been done, okay. um, and I think always being up for thinking why just because everyone else does it like this do we have to do it like that? Okay. Um, I studied anthropology, which was to a large extent all about that, looking all over the world for examples of things where it's done differently. Pretty much any sort of rule or social norm, you can find people living in the opposite way okay. um, and I think that's been quite inspiring in a way to just always be able to say well it doesn't have to be like that. Yes definitely. <laughs> the London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. Yeah. So first one, people tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. False. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Uh, can't decide. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Uh, yeah, true. I'm much more productive than other people. Mm. Can't decide. I have very unusual talents. <laughs> um, uh, true. I am generally underestimated by people. Mm, false. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Mm, mm, false. Why do you do things differently? Um, well, I, th I think I just said I didn't. Um, but I do, well, I, do, I, mean, I, I do to a lot of times. I think I'm doing... Um, um, because... If I do do them differently, I think it's because I'm interested in uh, people trying new things and not being restrained by rules. Okay. Um, I think that everyone is, it's fun for everyone to explore new things, discover new things. Uh, and I like the idea of helping other people do that. Okay. Um, it's then interesting when you actually then create up end up creating systems around the breaking of rules that have already that, that you were originally um, you know intending to break okay. um, I think anything any idea that does grow gets its own systems and then perhaps becomes a rule that other people want to break 
Okay. Now, my next question is, can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? So my reason for asking you, obviously, if one of my mavericks recommends somebody, they've already been asked the question, so they have a rough idea if they they would be recommending a maverick. But also, I like the way that your whole idea of the gyms is was completely a twist on what gyms usually do and are like. So... The question to you now is, can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Well, I think what we're trying to do really is take on two big issues. Right. Um, one is um, fitness. People yeah. assume immediately when, you know, when, when you've got, if you need to get fit, when you need to start doing some exercise, that the thing to do is join a gym and that the gym will get you fit mm-hmm. um, and actually you know that's not working 50% of the developed world will probably be obese by 2030 so we're rapidly heading towards no one doing any exercise right. uh, and then the other thing I was interested in is just the way that actually exercise has been designed out of our lives mm-hmm. um, that in our day to day lives we just don't do uh, anything we've got escalators we've got lifts elevators we've got um, cars we've got ev- all these things that are making our lives so easy and we've also got you know fast food delivered to your bed probably if you wanted yeah. to be yeah um, so you've got all these things conspiring to make it incredibly easy for us to do nothing and incredibly easy for us to consume loads of fat and sugar so basically we're in this sort of state where yeah exercise has been designed out of our lives and we, we're not finding any ways to do it so we've invented this sort of fake exercise where people go into these basements and lift things that don't really need to be lifted um, and who run on treadmills and, you know, get nowhere. Um, and I think all we're trying to do really is uh, make it easy for people to do some exercise that's meaningful, mm-hmm. um, to do something that actually, you know, to lift something that needs lifting, lift earth for a community garden, lift food for a food bank, uh, run to deliver things to isolated older people who wouldn't see anyone if you didn't run around and deliver that newspaper. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what we're trying to do is get people to think a little bit differently about exercise and in doing so actually give themselves a real motivation to exercise. So instead of just relying on Oh yeah, this is you know this is um this is something for me mm-hmm. to be able to think a little bit bigger and say wait a sec I'm expending energy mm-hmm. I might as well do something productive rather than just throw it away. Okay, I absolutely love the idea. I think it's phenomenal. I just need to tell you that bit. Thanks. Is what you do equated to the bottom line or something else? So is this all about money? Um, no, I don't think it really is to do with money. I mean, I'm up for being a. Um, uh, my, the the goal is to grow that idea to get as many people running around doing good, running around doing useful stuff as part of their regular lives as possible. I want to do whatever possible to get that to be ha- as many people as possible to be able to do it. Okay. Um, as it happens, we've set up a company because um, it's been a very you know a good way to spread it in a good way to organize it um but we are non-profit so okay. it's not driven by that need for 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 profit we won't be paying any you know profit back to shareholders okay uh, but i'm going for whichever organizational form i think will lead to the greatest scale wonderful is any part of being a maverick to do with having autonomy over your own life um I don't know. I mean, like, um, <laughs> uh, this autonomy is definitely something that 
I seek, and I think it's to to some extent it's something that everyone seeks. I mean, right. everyone wants to be doing something where they have control, where they can see an impact of what they're doing, where they can, you know, get a feeling that it's important that I am alive as an individual. So I think um, I think everyone's got that. Um, I think there are just different circumstances and abilities that al- allow certain people to actually be able to act on it more than others okay. so you know maybe you've got enough, enough resources to be able to really follow whatever it is that you want to do um, and also confidence like why do you what gives people the confidence to challenge the way that things are done normally okay. so I think that instinct to create and to do things differently and to um, invent things is a is a thing that we've all got in us, and to get recognition for doing those things is, is in us. I think you know when someone makes a joke to some extent, they are challenging some social norms, are challenging the way that things should be done. It's a small example, so obviously any kind of creativity on a larger scale actually is all part of that same continuum. Whether you're an artist or you're creating um, a you know new business idea, it's all part of that. Um, innate want for humans to make exciting stuff that changes things and okay. um, we're just born and have different sort of um yeah abilities to sort of get on and do that at different scales wonderful which takes me nicely to the next question Ivo. does doing things differently require certain skills or talents or mindsets and if so what are they um, i think more than anything it requires persistence and belief you've got to care about the thing mm-hmm. and you've got to get on with it um, and you've got to not uh, give up I mean it's very um, you know it's taken me ages to get to the stage where we are now it's taken about five years um, to be operating in you know nine areas in the UK and hopefully internationally soon but um, you know it, 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 and a lot of people doubt it because everyone knows how things should be done and no one knows the alternative so yes. people can always quote well these things are done like this and you can and you haven't got a leg to stand on because you haven't got the authority of the past and so i think you know to to break those things down a little bit and to give a credible argument for why things should change you've got to have an enormous amount of belief and you've also got to keep doing it you've got to incrementally prove your point um, by doing it and I think that's the that's that is a big part of the sort of skill or process of getting people to change their behaviour is to establish a new norm. Thank you so much. Well, at the end of the interview, I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been up to and where I'm going with this, and then you'll understand that the things you're saying are like pearls of wisdom to a girl like me. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't. I never lie. Um, what are the challenges to being a maverick? Like one of the challenges you've just said is that you know you're almost fighting the status quo, so proving your worth in a way. Anything else? Um, I'm still not sort of totally accepting this whole uh, <laughs> maverick idea, but I think um, in terms of trying to create a new process or organisation. It is about, well, you've got a, it, it, it's that tension between rebellion yeah. and systems. So in the first place, the act of doing it, the act of trying to uh, start this new thing is can be quite a organic, rebellious sort of 
movement where mm-hmm. a few friends can get together and try something. Yeah. Okay. Once, it, once it gets part, if you want it to get past that stage, you need to have rules and processes and ways in which things are done and things that that thing is known for. Okay. Ways of you know of sticking to a mission, yeah. and all of the all of that is extremely bureaucratic and quite a long way from the creativity of the original idea. Okay. So I think there's always going to be tension between the creativity of the initial uh, concept and then the tension of trying to force that into something that can scale, which is a, a, a process and a static set of values. Yeah. Uh, because as an organisation grows, as the group of followers or the group of um, members or the group of customers or whoever are involved, they're part of that thing for being, uh, you know, the, 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 it, it gains a reputation for, and that reputation is very, very difficult to shift once it gets to, to scale. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that's the that's the sort of fundamental tension in there. Also okay. connected to sort of founders syndrome, or um, you know, a lot of the, the early sort of you know getting a company from yeah small to big. Okay. What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? I know you're saying that you don't see yourself a maverick, but from the mavericks I've interviewed, you're definitely one. Um, I don't know. You know, just a um constant uh, worry that it's not going as well as it could Okay. okay. and fr- frustration of slowness um, and then you know f- uh, fear sometimes that it could all uh, crumble yes uh, as many of these things it's all about people and um, communication and belief and trying to get everyone to be you know uh working on the same sort of big project okay. and um, whenever you see cracks in that sort of thing it's terrifying okay what aspects of your personality or character influence your maverick approach I don't know it's funny people say that I like to get stuff done quickly okay um, and I wouldn't have described myself like that um, right. but I think it probably is true I'm sort of, I've, and I've, but I've purposefully tried to shift myself more to that. I'd rather things happen not quite perfectly than don't happen at all. At all. Okay. Um, and I think it's very easy to not do anything if you uh, look at, if you spend too long looking at the pros and cons of doing that action. True. And sometimes it's better to just go for it and give it a go. Yeah, prototyping as I call it. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. Or even if you're only doing it once, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. just like take, taking the plunge and putting something out into the world rather than keeping it secret. Yeah. And I think just that is a different way of working to a lot of things. And again, the bigger you get, the harder it is to do that. Yeah, true. Are you born or bred a maverick? Um, I think... Um, bread probably I think I, I think you know you could um, there's so much the, the influence of your parents is absolutely massive I think or whoever you know you're surrounded by yeah. in the early years and whoever you're supported by I think I think confidence and resources are the biggest things and if, if you can if you've got you know all the confidence in the world and the, and the, and the time to give it a go I think anyone would start 
doing more of the stuff that we sort of think of as some sort of genius in the you know some of the people that you've interviewed okay do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick there's a um uh yeah in what way um well it's just um who you are surrounded by and the sort of tone that is set for what will happen. I was with my grandmother yesterday who I spent a lot of time with when I was growing up and you know, it was all about adventure. I took uh, yesterday, she's ninety. Right. And I, yesterday I took twenty five friends round to her house. Um and we had like yeah, a massive sort of uh, lunch together and she'd grown all these vegetables and corn and beetroots and raspberries and apples and we made uh, 10 gallons of cider and um, loads of ate this up anyway you know, she was it's an amazing place um, and wanted everyone to sort of enjoy it and to make things and I think if you talk to yeah uh, actually yesterday it was interesting with this cider thing was you know, I, I wanted us to be as productive as possible to be able to squeeze as many of these apples as we possibly could with all these people right. and was sort of frustrated when we didn't but I think yeah just those um, just that thing of like you can do this and always being told you can do this and right. that, that you shouldn't just take no for an answer everyone's always going to say no so just keep going yeah definitely how is your enthusiasm, drive and energy related to being a maverick? Are you high energy? Are you low energy? What are you like? Low energy, I'd say. <laughs> I'm, I'm like this most of the time. I okay. mainly mumble. Right. Um, and, uh, but then it's interesting, but then I do, you know, but then I do make things happen. So I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, I'm generally quiet-ish, but trying to make things happen. Okay. Uh, I don't. I think I'm sort of. Yeah, I'm not like a sort of. I don't. Although I do quite like doing sort of talks and things in front of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not the loudest person in a group ever. Okay. How do you see rules, Ivo? Strange things, and um, they are. You know, frustrating and essential. Um, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit yeah. um, already, but there's this sort of, you know, you, you um, things that you want to break all the time, but in their place you create new ones. Um, there, and, and I'm, I don't know, I'm enjoying more and more creating these sort of systems. Um, but I think, I don't know, another project that I think would be very interesting is trying to have this, you know, I love uh, technology and I right. love the transparency of the creativity of technology right. in that you can see who wrote every line of code and you can, even if it's written well, see why each code, each line of code was written. Right. So you've got a complete history of how that thing happened and why. Right. And I would love to see that expanded across sort of organisations, if you know what I mean. And, and yeah, so, no, you, so you could understand each rule. 
So you could look back and you could say, ah, oh, I understand why they've said, you know, yeah. no Jews here or no smoking here or yeah. why uh, this border is in this place or, you know, etc. You could understand all of the discussion that's happened there if you wanted to because I think it would allow the all of the rules to change um, and it would also make people understand why they were being asked to behave in a certain way. Yeah, it's so, almost like um, it's like that Simon Sinek's work, isn't it? Everybody would know why that rule existed. Yeah, which is very important. Yeah, and I think it would. Yeah, you, we'd get more compliance to the rules, but you'd also hopefully get better rules because people would start going, "Hey, this bit doesn't really apply anymore." Yes. So this thing that says you know you're not uh, you're only allowed to drive sheep over this bridge could be changed to actually, you know, you get what I mean? You could make make sure that rules are kept up to date. I think that applies to, you know, uh, government policy or company policy or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I actually interviewed a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed... um, the the guy who's the founder of the pirate party because he's exact that's exactly what he said he was trying to do he wanted to know why policy that government policy should be transparent not yeah. one person's r- ruling Have was you, it Sweden or is it the yeah. pirate party in there no the pirate the actual founder of the whole idea um, what's his name Rick Falkwing. I wrote a paper on the um, German Pirate Party last year. Okay, what I do is, one of the things I do is I connect people, so I'll introduce you to Rick, okay? Okay. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger? Um, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of getting vaguely more into sort of business but I don't consider myself a business sort of person and mm-hmm. um, I like um, you know I just want to get things done but that I suppose is probably some yeah. <laughs> definition of, of, of business and yeah. um, so I've always been interested in challenging things right. I think yeah I, uh, I picked that up about you <laughs> are you all, are you always a maverick now? Do you change? you know like in this situation you're in, being interviewed by somebody who's interviewing people who are business mavericks globally? I can be ten out of ten and say what I like, and in this situation, I'm going into a, a boardroom of people who I want to buy into my concept. They I think they can only handle a four out of five here, four out of ten here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. Um... No, I, I think I learned early on to um, sort of pick your battles. Right. And if I'm um, going in to persuade someone about to do something different with regards to a good gym, it's probably not also a good idea to try and, you know, change their attitude to climate change or politics. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think um, you've got to be strategic with how you come across to people okay. and you've got to focus and you've got to decide this is what I'm trying to achieve now let's do what I can to achieve that okay okay and is this is this um, decision a conscious or unconscious decision like in this instance I need to be like this or, or is it does it just happen um, 
a mixture. I think you, uh, it's good to try, I try to as much as possible, um, think through what, uh, how I should approach the situation. Uh, but probably 70% of the time I don't put that time in. And so it's just whatever I'm feeling. Okay. But I will try to, you know, I will try to think as much as I can. What does what does this person want? Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? So, for example, with the gym idea, you're doing it completely different to every other gym that exists on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So what are the advantages of being different and what are the disadvantages of being this maverick in business? Um, I mean, the advantage for us is everyone's interested. Yes. Uh, we get an enormous amount of attention for how much we've, uh, you know, for how big we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get a lot of really good press attention mm-hmm. and everyone's excited to hear about something new and different. Yes. Um, downside is that you are asking people to do something unusual so they don't know how it fits into their life they're worried that it's not safe they're worried that it's like you know it could be anything yeah. it could be you know what, what 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 is this thing i've never you know i don't know anyone that's done it i don't you know so when you're trying to um explain it to people it doesn't just sort of slot into or replace something that they're yeah. already used to so um so that takes time you've got to do a bigger i think a bigger push to really get it in people's get it into people's consciousness um so yeah it's sort of a bit of a mix this isn't one of the interview questions but i just need to ask you this is there a particular type of person then who signs up to the good gym like i mean if you were here in vancouver i would have signed up to you full stop yeah but i i'm as you said as you realize i'm i don't follow rules i'm you know i'm I'm exploring everybody who breaks the rules so i'm going to be immediately attracted to your concept so is there a particular type of client you tend to get just out of interest um not really i think it's it's generally um people who are um uh, i don't know sort of in their 20s and 30s generally they're usually people who are quite sort of busy, want to really connect with where they live, mm. want to get some exercise into their life as well, um, and who, um, yeah, who want to just sort of, uh, I don't know if they do want to try something different necessarily. I think for people, people who understand it, they just say, you know, it just works. Yeah. It's just stuff, stuff that I want to do. Right. Um, and, I'm, you know, it makes sense for me to just start doing this thing and okay. they go for it. Um, generally, yeah, they're people who finished education and haven't had babies yet. So yeah. Uh, do you know what would be really interesting? would be really interesting to see how your concept worked out as a corporate package. Yeah. I'd be I mean, fascinated by that. We talked to corporates a lot about it. Um, you know, we've, we're, um, we're working in partnership with New Balance at the moment. No, I didn't the know. Sh- the shoe company. Yeah. But, um yeah, we've just started a partnership with them, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, because what I was, I was, it's all right, I know we're off at a tangent, but if I don't, I'll lose my train of thought otherwise. Basically, I'm thinking, you look at all these gyms, they offer these corporate packages. So how could good gyms offer a corporate package for a company that wants their, they could use it as a double whammy in that, and they'd be yeah. getting their staff fit, but they'd also be getting, they could almost use it as their, you know, 
what they call it the the doing good back to the community thing yeah it's um the the slight i think there's a sort of um the difficulty is the sort of flexibility in a way i mean what we are offering is always slightly different there's a um we don't have the sort of in each area we operate have like one one main session a week and then lots of other things that people can go and do yeah. um, like being paired with an older person for example yeah. um, but it is tricky to um, you know have that have something that is uh, that people can do at any time of day and that's what right. gyms are quite good at is that sort of um, constant availability okay. um, we will I mean hopefully I mean, we, we're always you know learning and, and getting better yeah yeah um, but I think there's, uh, yeah. The other reason why I think we haven't done a corporate thing in that way is that um, I think a big thing that people get out of it is you know meeting those people who are who are really different to them. Um, and if you're doing it with people from work, true, it's going to going to have a slightly different feel. Yeah, true. I have to take them down. But I think you're right. I think we, you know, we're going to keep exploring it. Oh, I think there's serious mileage there, but that's just my brain going off on innovation tangents. So I'll come back to the interview. Has age and experience altered your Maverick approach? If so, how have you grown? Like you said, you've been doing this about five years, you know? So how have you grown? I don't know. It's, 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 you know, when I am, I'm probably less idealistic and more focused. So, (laughs) right. You know, I was worried when I started it. I think I would have been much more purist, right? Um, So it would have been much more to do with a sort of a a platform that would do everything that would merge these two ideas of you know Mm. fitness and doing good. Yeah. Um, in a much more sort of uh, much less mediated way right um, and now we have these amazing trainers who are running the project and it's just a slightly more complex uh, less pure setup um, and I think I've just become much I've become more interested in making it work yes and less concerned with the um, I don't know so the ideological decisions I yeah. suppose I like the way I like the way you use the word purity. Actually, that's really clever. Um, what aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Um, I don't know. The it's so difficult when we cross over so many different things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing is most different is that we're combining two things that people generally don't see together. Okay. What what we've seen is what is trying to see this massive waste of energy going on. In, which is what you know, I'm thinking of as most exercise in gyms is just this huge amount of human potential and trying to say, okay, let's put this basically into social care, which is a hugely overpressurized part of our sort of society. And they're two things that are completely different that no one ever thinks of together. But because I was grumpy about the you know, about gyms being a bit of a rip-off and not working very well, you know, I, I could sort of see some sort of connection between them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I sort of think, you know, that was, and so just the very attempt to give that a go was the most radical part of it. 
Definitely. And they're not in the all just about refining and making it, you know, making it better. And I think that that's what I say to people like sometimes is when they say, Oh, how do you sort of keep innovating? And I'm sort of like, Well, why? Don't don't do it. And that's the thing you've got to stop doing is is, you know, innovating now. Innovation means it's highly likely to go wrong. And now I don't want to do things that are highly likely to go wrong. I want to make this one thing that we've got to that we think works work brilliantly. Okay, okay. And what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? What do you do just like everybody else? Um, well, um, most of it, I suppose. You know, we're looking at how many members we've got and how we can encourage more of the people that run of us to become members and we're interested in how we can keep them involved for a long time. We look at our retention rates and we look at our, you know. Okay. Um, it's quite interesting how we've created quite a traditional sort of traditionally structured organization when again in you know 2007 or 2008 I would have wanted to create something very very different in terms of its organizational structure and okay. um, I'm very interested in cooperatives I'm very interested in the um, model of operation I'm very interested in open source all of these radical challenges to the way that an organization is structured um, but interestingly when you know uh, when I've got my own organisation, actually we're operating in, you know, I think we're doing a lot of things quite well, but actually in terms of its structure, we're very traditional. Okay. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Well, right, it's not... Um, not that well. I mean, well, do, there's always stuff to do. Um, and I... I'm quite excited by a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it makes me sort of happy most of the time. Right. Um, I've, my girlfriend's just moved in, which is really exciting. Yeah. So uh, it's, um, it will be interesting to see how we get on being like together a lot more of the time. Okay. And hopefully we still do a lot of like exciting stuff together. Great. Um, so I think it's sort of, um, you know, it's okay. It doesn't. Uh, I'm always thinking about it, um, but I do. You know, I think it's really important to do the opposite right. occasionally. Mostly, work is you know, at a computer um, with the occasional sort of running around thing. Okay. Um, so it's important to go and just yeah do other things. I've been going to a lot of plays recently um, with my girlfriend which has been amazing. She works in theatre. Right. And we've just been, yeah, just seeing some quite amazing and thought-provoking things. Okay. So I think, like, yeah, doing doing the opposite of computers and running is probably good for me. Yeah, I think it is. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Uh, I think subconsciously, yeah. It's about that thing I was talking about at the beginning about, you know, uh, proving that I exist. Yes, which... And, um, okay. Which which I think everyone, to some extent, wants to do. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, uh, what have you done? Well, I've um, tried to, you know, I think you, you want to... I, I want something to exist that wouldn't have existed 
if I wasn't around. Yeah. And I think you know, every time someone runs to do something good for someone else, um, it's unlikely that that person would have done that thing in that way, at least. Yeah. Um, and perhaps they, perhaps they wouldn't have even uh, put them, perhaps they would have just gone and run on a treadmill. And yeah, it makes me really, really excited whenever yeah. that happens. Oh, I love the. Like I said, I'm I'm quite biased. Um, how much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back or paying it forward? If anything, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. They don't sort of strike any sort of chords with me. Fair you know, enough. Those no sort of words. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Remember, I'm interviewing people that have got um, are serial entrepreneurs. Um, I'm interviewing people who've had one company for the whole of the for the last twenty years. So, what's been your biggest risk? Well, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm not risky enough. Um, and that what we do is pretty risky. I mean, yeah. that's sort of pretty got uh, you know a hundred odd people running all over London uh, you know, on one day of the week um, these days and you know imagine all the different crazy situations they could be in yes, um, yes. when they're like in the dark uh, sort of digging or they're like helping someone who's home that they've never been into before but who really needs their help oh, but it's yeah. quite you know the sort of situations that we find are you know quite risky really um, but that's what makes it brilliant is that you're engaging with something real and you are dealing with the complexity of the world definitely and so I think you know there's a big reason why probably other people aren't taking this on it's complicated and it's difficult and to some extent you know it's risky and dangerous yes. um, and you know our approach to it is let's just talk about that let's yeah. try and bring that to the surface and let's make it you know let's make everyone aware that they're going into something that is going to be unpredictable yeah. um, but let's let them deal with that humans rather than just say no it's too risky we can't do it yeah for sure now how long has been good has been good gyms been going since 2009 9 10 11 12 okay so with good gyms, how many projects have you done in the past five years? Um, like how many sort of community organisations yeah. and stuff? Um, I don't know, but it will be thousands. Okay. Now, what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project? Um, of the sort of, the like... Do you mean sort of the group tasks that we would do? Any of them. Basically, what, how I do is I ask people, if they're serial entrepreneurs, they might say, well, I've set up 10 companies in the last five years. And then I ask them how many of them have been successful. But because you've done good gyms for um, longer right. than five years, that's why I'm asking you how many projects you've done instead and what okay. constitutes success. Um, well, I, mean, I think it's just the, um, I suppose it would be actually the sort of each, like, good gym area that we do. So we set it up in each area by area. Right. Um, and we put a, um, and we're now in nine areas. Um, what makes it work, I think, is, um, in the first place, that the area is up for it. So we, we try and make sure that there's a good amount of local people who are interested and really want to do it. Right. 
And then um, we try and find an amazing uh, personal trainer or running coach who knows that area really well. So it's that sort of local right. connection and knowledge. Um, and I think if we've got those two things, um, it works pretty well. Okay. So I think it's just um, making sure that, yeah, there's that sort of uh, local buy-in and excitement and then someone amazing who can sort of carry the spirit of it. Okay. Now, of the ones that you've done, Ivo, all the community ones you've set up, were they all successful according to that definition, which was finding the right person and getting the community on board? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've done it in different ways. Um, in Liverpool, um, where it was run by volunteers, um, it wasn't as sort of reliable as getting, and it didn't. When we didn't have the um, real fitness expertise, right? It, it just wasn't as reliable. If you know what I mean? We yeah. had um, the runs were not. Uh, they weren't every week, and they were sort of a bit different. So I think that was when we sort of started thinking. Hmm. I think we do need to sort of embed that fitness skill into it. Oh, so so successful execution needs not only the community but the fitness skills, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, it, it makes a big difference to be able to, you know, when we're talking about it as a gym, um, you, there is a bit of expertise there. Normally, you know, there's some sort of induction or whatever. Yeah. And just to make sure you feel that you are getting, you know, is your tech, that, that support with your technique and maybe some ideas about what you want to achieve next and um, some support towards your fitness goals and um, it's been important for us to bring uh, bring that in okay and what do you bring to the table when a venture is successful um, I don't know really um, I do I do the admin I do like the um, sort of uh, bit of the accounts and the sort of uh, bit of HR bit of uh, spreadsheets okay um i'm try- i think if it's going well then hopefully i don't do anything right gotcha when a venture is unsuccessful venture or project what would yeah. you consider are the main reasons for failure um i don't know i mean it's all, it's all sorts isn't it it's a um it, it's difficult when when what we're Doing, I suppose. I mean, I suppose we are trying to make it as um, as uh, measurable as possible. But it still can be a number of factors. It could be just that um, the area uh, doesn't have as many people who might be interested in doing this sort of thing. Anyway, it could be that the trade now we've employed isn't exciting enough, and yeah. it could be that the you know the place that we've start the runs from is just not very accessible place um, I don't know so okay. I think it's difficult to generalise about what um, what okay. could be wrong um, but we try to you know we try to look at all the factors and try and just sort of yeah okay. uh, standardise it as a maverick what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of it ending I suppose yeah and that's always the um, you know the fears that we've got all these people who sort of believe in it and I've put a hell of a lot of, you know, work and time into it mm. um, and I want to see it uh, succeed. And I think because it is something new and maybe that's also what drives me is constant fear that this is something that could disappear tomorrow. Yes. You know, 
Um, and I think it'd probably be quite difficult for it to disappear tomorrow, but that is in the back of my head. Yeah, now that makes sense. We're, we're on this adventure, and you know, you never know what's going to happen next, and I need to really push to make sure that uh, we see it through to the next stage. Okay. How important is team to you as a maverick? Team? Yeah. Um, well, it's essential, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, um, and I really want to try to make sure that I am able to um, give away as much responsibility as is necessary. Um, but it's, but it's a really difficult thing to do that still, even being aware that um, I'm likely to try and sort of take too much control because that's what people who start things do. Yeah. You still, it's still difficult to do it in the right way because yeah. obviously you have your judgment which has sort of served you well up until that point. Yeah. So when do you know when you need to sort of, you know, back down on certain arguments or say, actually, that's not my responsibility anymore? Yeah. Or when do you, you know, how do you make sure that you're always open to identifying someone who's better at doing that thing than you? Yeah, it's quite interesting because my next question was, does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? So one of the challenges are that, like, as you've just said, you know, it's your baby, it's your concept. Yeah. Nobody, not nobody on the planet will have put in as many hours of thinking about this and doing this and eating, breathing, sleeping this for the last X number of years. I think... Yeah, I mean, I think I sort of hinted at it a little bit with that sort of the founder's yeah, syndrome. Yeah, definitely. Stuff that I'm sort of aware of, I think, um, there's a sort of, there, there, I think it does come with a certain belief, like what you said, that you're, that you've got the right idea a lot of the time. Yeah. Which yeah. is essential to challenging how things are already done. Yeah. Um, but also means that you might uh, be a bit of a, you know, a sort of bulldozer and not really listen to something that might be much better. Okay. And so I think, yeah, I probably still do push things through a lot, even when I'm thinking that I'm being quite a good sort of listener. Okay, okay. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? Um, I didn't. Okay. Did you take it... Did you decide that it's okay, I'm going to be like this? Um, okay. And then it works or it doesn't. Right. But no, no one ever goes like, okay, you can do that again. Yeah, it's interesting because I've interviewed quite a few people when they were saying, some of them say, well, you know, I never actually asked anybody permission. But some people immediately said, oh, I gave it to myself. And it was quite, it's been quite interesting how yeah. people perceive that question. Yeah. You've touched on this already. But is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how? Um, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think I've said this before, but I think everyone wants to do things and make things at yeah. some level. Right. Um, and I think it is, yeah, it is just an extension of creativity to set up some sort of business or something. It's all about doing something new that hasn't happened before, maybe just in that area or in that you've spotted something that you think should happen and then instead of just talking about it, you do it because you're someone who's feeling confident or has got the resources to do it. Yeah. 
And, and is being a maverick related to innovation in any way? Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if innovation is just changing things in a way that's new, um, I would say, yeah, it's all about yeah, challenge and new ideas. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of, Ivo? Um, I don't know. I'm not, and I feel like it's something actually it's a bit of a problem in my life at the moment. I'm not learning. A challenge. It's not enough a problem. new stuff. What did you say? I said it's a challenge, it's not a problem. No problem, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel at the moment like I'm sort of, like, and a bit like I was saying about doing more things and needing to do a bit more of the opposite of what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. I need to absorb more sort of um, different sources of information. Um, what was the question again? The question was, um, Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I suppose what I'm trying to learn is, is, is a lot about uh, behaviour, and that's what I'm looking at and trying to understand is, you know, what, what uh, actions on our part result in what sort of uh, outcomes. Right. It's all about trying to understand... Um, yeah, um, behaviours. Okay. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? Um, not really. Uh, well, yeah, um, I think there's always, people you, there's always people you want to... Um, there are always people I look at and think, I wonder what they would do in this situation. Right. Uh, and also, I'm... Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of the the people I trust, I suppose, are people who get on with things and don't sort of uh, aren't cramped by the way that things sort of the way that things are done normally. Okay, is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? <laughs> I think um, yes, yeah, Stephen Green, who you interviewed, is I find. Um, inspiring just because like, he's such a hard person to sort of pin down I found out the other day that he set up the like uh, Caribbean Premier League of cricket yeah he was telling his... me about that in the interview I was stunned yeah it's crazy isn't it I mean, it's just totally off the... I didn't know he was even interested in cricket he's just like you know he'll, and he'll just go through so many different types of um, personality it's so nice to have someone like that who yes Understand spreadsheets on one hand, but then he's also, you know, had a uh, had a, you know, pretty mad life doing all sorts of things. Like I go to an innovation labs meet up here. I tend to find the solutions because I've read something really obscure. It's always it's a bit like what you've done with the, the idea of you know trying to do good and trying to get people fit, and you made that connect yeah. and now. And what I find is every time I come up with solutions, one of the things that Mavericks do, they have such diverse interests that they can see connects that other people can't. Yeah. A bit like how you're describing Stephen. Yeah, I think it is that. I think it, and I think that's probably what I'm worrying about is that if I don't um, have enough sort of inputs and I'm aware of enough aspects of what's going on in the world, 
then you get into a sort of tunnel and yes, just yes. start thinking that, you know, just do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, which true. Which doesn't really progress anything. What do you have to suffer or sacrifice because you're a maverick? Nothing, I don't think. Oh, okay, cool. I don't, I think it's just, you know, yeah. I think it's amazing to be able to get on with what you want to get on with. I think there is no, do you know what I mean? I could, there's no... Uh, there's no downside. So what? So what motivates you as a man? What makes you jump out of bed and say, "Tonight at Good Gyms, we're going to go and nail this"? Um, it's the thing because again, just this being able to do that, and to think that it's just the satisfaction of it wasn't happening before, and now it is. Okay. Um, mixed with the fear of it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Just that- makes you stick at it. And, uh, you know, the feeling of excitement every time I get a oh, God. Yeah, when, when, update when something good's happened. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, it's not about... It's not about... I don't think it's about finding out because I don't think it exists. Do you know what I mean? I've got right. the... It doesn't... It's not like a... Uh, I'm discovering who I actually am. I mean, I think you can, you know, you can change who you are and you can make happen what you want to happen. So it's more proving yeah. uh, that uh, it's worth me being alive. Okay. Do you like being a maverick? You obviously don't think like everybody else, otherwise you'd have opened a gym. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I think it's, um, it's just more fun, isn't it? Too right, it I, is. I wrote my dissertation about um, about the comedy scene in Chicago. Right. Uh, um, so my argument was, you know, that yeah, the jokes um, and humour is all about basically challenging the status quo. Right. Um, and I re- and I really think it's not any different to that. You know, people, people probably hear yeah. the idea of the gym and think it's funny, and um, to some extent. Um, and that's because it is doing that thing of slightly challenging your idea of how things should be. Yeah. Is being a maverick a responsibility or important in any way? Um, in the abstract, okay. no. It's just, um, yeah, it's just a part of the human uh, sort of, yeah, of what people are. Okay. Now you've nearly finished this interview, on a scale of 1 to 10, how maverick are you? Oh, um, I am, I don't know, uh, about a 6. Okay. And what advice would you give to someone, Ivo, who feels they're a maverick so that they could be the best possible maverick they could be? Well, um... I don't know. Uh, I think it's. Um, I don't know. I think the extreme, you know, I think at, 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 at the 10 end is probably, you know, illegal and um, really breaking the major sort of um, rules of human behavior. So, you know, murder and. Uh, sort of stuff that is that everyone thinks is bad but I would say is the sort of extreme end of the sort of doing things differently approach okay. Okay. Um, 
too far uh, to the sort of uh, extreme end of doing things differently just because, just for the sake of it. Okay. Um, but I think the important thing is that it's got, a, you know, and that's what everyone says, but it's got a connection to your life that you can see a reason in it uh, for yourself and that it's not, uh, that it's not abstract you're going to be much better and much more sort of um, I, I don't think you can force people to get excited about things that they're not that uh, you're not excited yeah. about you can't encourage people to get excited about things that you're not excited about yourself exactly so um, just knowing why you're doing it or knowing why you're doing it but also I don't think it has to be about um, I think you know the idea of like setting up a business is just one uh, form of expression yes. and uh, of expressing that same thing of creativity, and you know maybe it's just just as good to tell a joke or to um, you know uh, paint a painting or make a play or uh, make a you know fix your kitchen shelf. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're all just ways of showing. Um, something to the to the world and trying to sort of slightly change the status quo. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Um I think it would might be something I mean, that the thing that leaps to mind is the sort of transparency stuff we were talking about yeah. earlier. If I could immediately sort of reveal in an extremely accessible and searchable way the history of every Decision that led to being led everything to being how it is. I think we could, you know, whether it's a monument or a building or a rule or a, you know, a bit of legislation or a sport. Um, it, I think, it could create a much more fluid and peaceful world in a way because people would just be so much more aware of the social constructs to, that led to the sort of physical and social norms that their lives are lived by. And what do you do for fun apart from going to um, watch plays and having fun with the work that you do? Um, well, cider making seems to be a new yeah. hobby. Um, I, um, well, uh, making documentary films has been a big uh, thing that I've uh, done uh, quite a lot of, I'm trying to sort of wean myself off Okay. Um, as a way of sort of exploring things. Um, yeah, okay. and then uh, I think that's probably my main, my main things, going on long walks. Yeah, which is not sitting in front of the computer, excellent. Yeah. What would be one quote that defines you as a maverick? When I interviewed Rick last week, do you want to, his was, um, if you follow the rules, you always lose. And he's got it on the on his front door. Really? Yeah. On the front door of his house? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Then I wonder if people uh, um, I don't know, uh, get on with it, maybe. Yeah, brilliant. Final question. What would, yeah. you, what would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you, Ivor? Um, 
Again, if any. No, I mean, I think the um, it's really interesting. I think this whole idea. I mean, I think why I feel uncomfortable with a lot of the questions is that uh, I feel like they are separating me from other people, as if to say there is this difference of species of people that do this sort of stuff. Um, and what I'm trying to say, I think, is that there is no sort of like dividing line mm-hmm. um, and that there's a lot more, you know, that there's, that what you, the, what I think you're trying to tap into is just a specific sort of, you know, part of what people do. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm sort of un, unwilling to be, to sort of take credit for like, just the fact that I happen to have been in a position where these things were put in front of me where I felt like, that would be a good thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I, picked, so, that up, I um, picked that up about you throughout the interview. But the fact is, even if you're... Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying from the people from the people I've interviewed, yes, everybody has these opportunities, yeah? But there's, there's a certain type, there is a certain breed of people who will say, OK, I'm going to go with this. There's hunt, Everybody's yeah. got the choice to do so. I'm exploring the ones you didn't turn around and say, okay, I think there's this different idea for the gyms, but I'm not going to do it because it's safer to do the other version. I deliberately picked the people to interview who said, I'm going to do it. But I think that the reason that I did it is to do, not necessarily with my mental sort of, you know, rather to to do with... um, It's not because I'm a different type of person. It's to do with also, I mean, it, I don't know. It's to do with, you know, a lot of things. Like the, the, the time in my life where I felt like it was a, you know, I was willing to sort of take that risk. Yeah. Um, you know, I suppose I'm just saying there's a lot of sort of luck and, and, that, and that also other people should take credit for it having happened. So, like, that first, the first few people that came and did it yeah. and the people that do it now even, it's not a, it's a collaborative uh, process um, and you know maybe uh, if I hadn't done it someone else would have maybe okay so that's the end of the interview I'm just going to switch the recording off okay. so, so thank you for letting me interview you